0: Welcome to the Tom Bernard Show. Filling in for Tom Bernard. I'm Dave Schrader along with
1: Katherine Brandt.
2: Andy Brand Bernard. Mike Molina. Ruben
3: Paul. We'll be back. We've got a great show lined up for you here on the Tom Bernard Show.
4: Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com.
0: Welcome back to the show. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Tom will be back on Monday. Filling in, I'm Dave Schrader. Joining me in studio, Ruben Paul... From the House of Comedy, you've got shows there, what, tonight at 7.30 and 9.30? Yes. Tomorrow night, 7 and 9. Yes. And you're hanging in for the trifecta, Sunday, 7 o'clock.
5: Yes, and I got here on Valentine's Day and did a sold-out show on Valentine's Day, so it's been a good week so nice. far. Nice. Yeah.
0: Was it a lot of couples or a lot nice. of just broken hearts? Uh,
5: a lot of couples, uh, groups of b- bitter people there also. I could tell by the scowls of their faces. That needed a laugh. That needed a laugh, yes. yeah. Well, some people try to call it um, Single Awareness Day. <laughs> so uh, I made everybody aware that they were single that night. <laughs> nice.
0: Single awareness day. We yeah. are becoming an overly politically correct country, I aren't know. we? I know.
5: Just say people who ain't yeah. got nobody.
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> be be <laughs> like upfront. All the lonely souls.
5: <laughs> All the lonely souls out there. Hey, some people are together and they're lonely when they're together. So, hey, who's to judge?
0: That's true. Now, you. Know, you where true. did you just come in from?
5: Los Angeles. <clears> oh. Excuse me. Born and raised. How yeah. do you
0: enjoy our balmy weather here in you Minneapolis?
5: Know, I got to be honest, and I'm not saying this to suck up. I love Minnesota. I love coming here. I love the audiences. Um, the, you know, the people are great, and I pretty much stay in the mall, so <laughs> I don't usually get to yeah. see much of Minnesota. <laughs>
0: so you just get to avoid all of the cold, the tw- huh?
5: I'm just like, I've hey, never great mall. The Twenty below. No, I mean, I've I've been out in it, but it's for something very specific. <laughs> Other than that, I'm yeah. in that hotel room. You know, the first time yeah. I came here, I did the whole. Go downtown, go see Prince's place. You know, went to a game. I'm good.
0: So you went to you, you went to Paisley Park.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you do the big tour now? No, since no I didn't do the. No,
5: nah, we just you know drove by. Hey, that's where Prince lives. Hey, all right, great, saw it. So
0: very uh, assuming from outside, right? It looks like a warehouse district.
5: Yeah, yeah.
0: It is yeah. beautiful inside. Have you have you had a chance to go in there, Catherine?
5: You know what?
1: I have never been in there. I can't believe. I mean, I used to even live out that way, and for some reason, I haven't either. It's so funny because it's like people that are from Minnesota. They're like, "Isn't is is it is it a giant purple palace?" I think it's probably a giant purple palace. It's like it's right outside the metropolitan area. You can just go take a drive by. Yeah, (laughs) it's not a purple palace.
5: Well, it's like when you live someplace, the last thing you want to do is the touristy things where you live. Yeah, that's it's like when people come to LA. You know, they wanna do the, the basics. They wanna to go to um, Hollywood Boulevard to see the stars on the Walk of Fame or they wanna go yeah. to Disneyland or you gotta take people or to La Venice Brea Beach. The La Brea Tar Pits, yeah. <laughs> Venice Beach to see all the weirdos and you know yeah. Roscoe's chicken and waffles is the you know, you gotta take <laughs> That's them the there. big hotspot. spot uh, it, uh, hey, when you come to LA <clears throat> yeah. you gotta Roscoe to change your life. You're like, Man, I never thought chicken and waffles could taste so good. And who came up with this combination?
0: See, when I used to visit Los Angeles, they always used to take me down to the IHOP. What is that, down on Sunset and Vine, around in that area?
5: With all the prostitutes hang out?
0: Yes. And that was like was the hotspot. Was that you your see, request? No, no. Seriously, like all my buddies are like, you want to go see celebrities? And I'm like, this is the dodgiest place I've ever seen. And they're like, just wait. We're in an IHOP. Movie stars, TV stars. Well, because that used to be the late the
5: that used to be the late night place oh. where everyone would go. Oh. Like we'd we'd finish performing, and it's like uh, let's go to the IHOP, and then that's where you'd see everybody coming in there. Yeah. But Roscoe's is another. I don't know. Maybe it's a black thing, but I think everybody goes to Roscoe's now that I think about it. It's just a popular. It's a it's a chain, but um, I know when a lot of the basketball players and the rappers and all you know and they come it's like, yo, we got to go to Roscoe's, and then. We're in Roscoe's and it's, it's delicious. So that was my public Checking service out, announcement. I, yeah, higher That's class one thing.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say is that higher class in, like the Waffle House?
5: Oh, way higher class <laughs> in the Waffle House. <laughs> yeah, I mean you see you see Jay Z and Beyonce at at Ro- is this is this a place that you go when you come to L A. You got to try it. It's one of those like um, people tell me about the Lucy's. Here in Minnesota, oh,
0: Juicy Lucy's, Juicy the, Lucy's, right. like the, that's. What's it? The Five Ten Club, Catherine? Is that where they have those?
1: Yeah, I
5: think yeah. so. Yeah, it's kind of Roscoe's 5-8. is kind of equivalent. Five Club, yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of equivalent to that. If you come to Minnesota, you have to have a Juicy Lucy. If you come to L.A., you got to go to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles.
2: Well, I had the opportunity. You know where else they have them? Where's House that? Of Comedy? Uh,
1: really? Chicken and waffles at
2: House of No, Comedy. the Juicy Lucy.
1: Oh, yes. Really? What makes know. it? Wait, it's just a hamburger, right? Yeah,
2: but it's, it's a got hamburger. Like but there's, bl- yeah, blue cheese in injected into the middle. Oh,
1: okay. it sounds like
2: a little much, but it's actually really good. I Is like it, good? it.
1: Heart healthy. Yeah, look
2: at them over there nodding. It's good.
5: It's oh good. wow, I didn't. I had no idea.
0: Yeah. See now you got to try the yep. juicy Lucy at the well, house of. There's three uh, places
5: Al- to go. Matt's Bar here in Minneapolis, the mm-hmm. Nook in St. Paul, and then you got the Five a Club. Those three. Wow, you're serious about it. <laughs> he got intense about it. There's yep. only three places you go to. Yep.
0: <laughs> Have you ever gone to the Lion's Den for the burgers? No. Over in Bloomington, I think it is. I get that was one of the places when I first moved here 20, 30 years ago. Everybody's like, you got to go eat the hamburgers at the Lion's Den. And I go in there, and this line was during lunch out the door and wrapped wow. around the building. And I'm like, what is going on? And it took mm-hmm. forever. We were in line for an hour. You get your burger, you walk out, and it's just this floppy looking, ugly thing amazing
5: wow there's yeah.
0: like black magic melted right into the burger because there's no way that ugly thing could taste that good and it was amazing
5: wow it's you know it's Can interesting I, go ahead um, go ahead i'm sorry
1: i i just to me i just think burgers are pretty much all the same to me <laughs> am i like just Uh-oh. crazy yeah and I'm just, pretty much i'm sorry they just i mean there's 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 yucky dried out horrible burgers right. obviously yes. but if it's a good burger it just A good burger tastes like a good burger.
5: Well, some people I think are are burger connoisseurs, like wine connoisseurs. Like they know their burgers. I'm not into burgers like that. (laughs) But are uh, are you more of a wiener guy? No, I'm not a wiener guy <laughs> no. at all. They
0: have a place called the Wienery in Minneapolis. You won't
5: catch me at the Wienery. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh,
0: they've got these. They've got like a plethora. I haven't yet to get there, but everybody keeps telling me because I'm a big hot dog fan. They said the Wienery is the place to be. So I've this conversation
5: a just sketchy. took a left turn. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the line. Hey, do you like wieners? Uh, <laughs> that's an interesting lead-in. <laughs> yeah. What's the? There's a
1: famous one in L.A. too. Uh, uh Pink Yeah,
5: yeah Pink. Yeah. You really yeah, do yeah, like yeah. your wieners. <laughs> you like them, yeah. And
0: what is it? The great papaya in New York,
5: right? <laughs> I have no idea. Right. <laughs> that one, and uh, they also got uh, what is it out on uh, Coney Island. I can tell you the oh, best, the best basins, basins. wieners in any state. I uh-huh. can tell you where they are. <laughs> I have. I'll tell you a place that has good wieners. If you even, say right here, I'm going to slap you.
0: I even dragged. I, even dragged <laughs> I was
5: going to say that, but I, I held off on that one. <laughs> Thank you.
0: I even dragged Catherine and Tom to the opening of Portillo's here in Minnesota, which is a big Chicago. <laughs> We just can't
5: change the subject. <laughs> we got to stick I? on the wieners. <laughs> yeah. That just came out of nowhere. <laughs> We're it? talking burgers. Do you like any wieners? <laughs> i have referred now to it as
0: hot dogs, Ruben. I think yeah.
5: you're... Yeah, let's go with hot dogs. Paint me
0: in a corner. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Are
5: you a hot dog guy? No, well, but I like wieners.
0: Paisley Park. Uh, <laughs> after he passed away, we, I got an invitation to go through with a media line to go check out Paisley Park. Okay. And if you haven't seen it, it is, it's really worth... It's one of those kind of like, why would I go... see? What do I care but it's really amazing yeah and the way they've set it up is so cool because it's totally interactive it gives you a chance to kind of see how he developed and then they take you into this big sound recording studio and they're like you know this wasn't just Prince Mm. and then they start knocking out album after album that's been produced there and you're standing right where all of these major musicians have come together and the the lineup yeah Wow. yeah and, okay. and he, you know, I often wonder if he knew he was coming to the end because he, he was transitioning this place into a museum. Uh, and for okay. somebody so private and quiet, it's pretty interesting that he already had this thing developing into a museum. Yeah. But it's a really, and then they walk you in and <coughs> when they bring you into the main room, they're telling you the story. And then right above this one door, there's a miniaturized version of Paisley Park. And then oh, they wow. said Prince is right here. And that's where, that's his urn. It's in the shape of Paisley Park. So they have his remains right over the door.
5: Is that kind of like uh, when they go to um, Graceland? Yeah. Is it the same type of... Oh, okay.
0: Except for, you know, Elvis isn't buried there. Yeah. Right. He's... Well, I mean, you still sling, alive, right? Yeah, he's slinging slinging waffles and chicken,
5: or eating Lucy's and looking for was, wieners. <laughs>
1: Maybe Prince was uh, turning it into a museum because um, now, with the wonderful equipment that's available to almost everybody who's got a really nice computer, you can have a recording studio anywhere. You sure can. Yeah. 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 You, know, you don't that's you true. don't have to go and pay a ton of money to go to a recording studio.
2: Yeah. Right now, we're in what what is this? Just like a den yeah, kind of a room. Den. Yeah. It's like a Fifteen by fifteen den room that we put half of our sound paneling is just a what do you call them a mattress mattress <laughs> yeah mattress Truth is pads coming
0: out. and what are the chains on the wall for Andy <laughs> <laughs> well
2: because mattress pads they're That's... made of the same basic material and you know it costs yeah, just foam way less because it's yeah. not marketed toward a lot of audio it's equipment hideous, costs works. more than it should because it's audio equipment right. Unfortunately. But you know. Other than that, uh the total cost of this whole setup was probably maybe four or five hundred dollars. Yeah. And that's mostly in Not bad. <laughs> mostly in I'm
1: sorry, we use push pins. Thank oh, you very
0: sorry. much. <laughs> <laughs> that explains the sparks coming from the wires in front of me.
5: That's a I'm, very not a, fancy I'm, setup. But when I think about it, I, I don't I'm not a tour person. I don't like going on tours and no? things. Uh well.
0: No, I'll well, see contradiction
5: no I well I, I I wasn't gonna bring this up but now I have to kind of so I took the weirdest tour a very good friend of mine pretty wealthy guy got married in I think it was Newport Rhode Island okay and um mm-hmm. he we went on a mansion tour um, aka plantation tour <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't tell in me it was rhode a, island? Yeah, they, they didn't tell me it was a, pl- a plantation tour and until the tour started mm. and like we kept th- these are the slave quarters I'm like slave quarters <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah well, you, you right? are aware
0: that was part of our distant history
5: right yeah but i didn't need to go see it I <laughs> no
1: i didn't i didn't think that was up in rhode island for some reason well sure it was why.
0: all over i mean a lot of the the I presidents
2: guess. and, and mm-hmm. the residents that
0: originally settled Exactly, and traded slaves the, and dealt with slaves,
5: yeah, right? Yeah,
2: and yeah, not not nearly as much up north, but you know, yeah. if you wanted to find it, you could find it. Yeah, you know, a some, you know, beautiful property plantation. Though. Yeah,
0: yeah, There, when I know when I went to visit my my grandparents in the uh, '80s in Faraday, Louisiana. Oh wow. And they've got the old houses and, and everything like that. And it just, it's a totally different culture. Yeah. Right? And then they have the house, and then they've got the little house up back. And I go, oh, what was the little house for? He goes, so, <laughs> Oh, that was the slave quarters. And I'm like,
5: Okay, oh, time co- to go. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Maybe
0: we should call that something else <laughs> other than the slave quarters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, yeah. in the 80s, I, you know, this was like 87.
5: <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm sorry. They, Maybe we should call it something else now.
0: <laughs> 87, there was still... And I don't know. I haven't been back out there that way. But my, my uh, step-grandmother, let me separate it with by saying okay. that, she introduces me. And she she brings me over. She goes, oh, this is our grandson, Dave. And this is my N neighbor, Bob, and his N neighbor uh, wife, Mary. Oh, my God. And she's the N hairdresser in town. He's the N butcher. And my jaw hit the floor. My eyes were huge. And I just stood there like, oh, we're all going to die now. What are you doing? And she walked away. And the guy leans over and pats me on the shoulder. And he goes, That's old folks for you. He goes, that's the way they talk down here. And he goes, but I got to tell you, she's telling the truth. I'm the end butcher in town. I'm the only one that they go to. And she's the end hairdresser. And I was like, this is a world I'm not prepared for. And that was in the, because again, here in what I grew up in, very white suburbia of Illinois, Chicago, uh, Chicagoland area. That was like major culture shock.
5: I, I could imagine. I was
0: like, didn't this stop in the 50s and 60s? What's going on? Unfortunately, nope. not.
1: But I'm I, telling you, it, I, I in admire some the fact that you've never went back.
5: Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> You're like, that, that's my first and last trip. <laughs>
0: like, it's the birthplace of Jerry Lee Lewis and slavery. Apparently, this yeah. is not a good place to be.
5: No, man. No, no not at all. Lots of changes. So uh, let's talk about wieners. <laughs> yeah. How about them wieneries? <laughs> 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 I love radio. was like the conversation just takes a, yeah, a wrong turn it's like uh, yeah uh, how do we get on plantations and slavery and, that was yeah, you how, how that,
0: that, was that was mister day? I don't like weird tours by the way I went on a weird tour yeah, once.
5: it was weird because yeah, they kind of sprung it on it. me I did start it <laughs> but it was a, come on you guys gotta understand Like, and I'm the only brother like on the tour and then they getting you know they're pointing to these quarters man like these cramped spaces <laughs> and I'm looking at my friend going really this is where you're taking me <laughs> He's like, dude, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, we just cool. saw it would, in a brochure. I have, <laughs> yeah,
1: I would not think that of Rhode Island. I don't know why.
5: <laughs> well, let me let me make sure that's where you... I'm looking. Trying to look it up now. I don't want to disparage Rhode Island. I again? Yeah, thank you. This is years back, but uh, you know, the governor of
0: Rhode Island is on the phone right now. All right, that
5: wasn't our <laughs> <Yeah>. plantations. <laughs>
0: how how many weeks of the year are you on the road?
5: Um, I've kind of, uh, cut back a little bit based on, um, well, t- the short answer is probably I go out maybe twice a month,
1: but
0: no, twice a month.
5: Yeah. That's but, still a lot. Yeah. Um, but I, I pick and choose. Uh, I, I produce and host a show in Los Angeles at the, uh, laugh factory called Ruby Tuesdays. Oh, okay. And the concept of the show is diversity. So, um, coming up, um, as a comedian, I was one of the few that used to work all the rooms like because people don't realize comedy is very segregated, whether Mm -hmm. it's uh, Black Knight. Latino night, gay night, alternative night, white night, even though they don't call it white night, it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, keep, <laughs> I just keeping it real. And, well, uh, that's
1: hilarious. It's, it's segregated, and we have it all segregated for it, you.
5: Exactly. <laughs> nice. we got to you know, take a quick people. break. <laughs> Hang on tight. Yeah. we got
0: Ruben Paul in we studio. we got story. <laughs> on the Tom Bernard Show.
1: <laughs> I'm Brad Huckle, president
2: of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking Banking, they always say the relationship with a client case in point true north oral surgery and implants is a long-time customer with a growing practice their banker julie marshall knows the ins and outs of what they do so when they need working capital and equipment loan or funds for expansion they call julie are you looking for a banker you can count on give us a call this is tom why not bank with my banker
4: north american banking company a better banking experience member fdic an equal housing lender If you've noticed your vision getting cloudy, blurry, or dim, or having more difficulty seeing at night, you could have cataracts. Tom here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they do much more? They do, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age where my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Of course, Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology and vision options available so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you've been told you have cataracts or you're wondering why things just aren't as clear as they used to be, call the experts at Whiting Clinic or go to whitingclinic.com to learn more. See the folks at Whiting Clinic in order to see your very best, and don't forget to tell them that I sent you.
0: In in Ruben Paul in studio with me. He'll be live at the House of Comedy tonight, 7:30 and 9:30 tomorrow, Saturday from 7 to 9, and on Sunday, 7 o'clock.
1: And, Tickets uh, still available. A mixed crowd.
5: It yes, is. absolutely. Wildly diverse. Absolutely. Well, before we got cut off, <laughs> yes,
0: go ahead, go back to your.
5: <laughs> well, it, it sounded weird how we got cut off, but I was just saying, like uh, uh, a dirty little secret in comedy is that comedy seems to be segregated in lots of ways, and because I, I think a lot of communities are underserved, because when you go to a comedy show. Comedy show can only be so long mm-hmm. and the clubs make whatever decision based on whatever demographic But I was always mm-hmm. fortunate enough because I have friends from all different walks of life that I would just somebody would go Hey, you want to come perform? And I'm like, yeah, so it didn't matter You know, I've done age all Asian shows all black shows all Latino shows alternative comedy shows I've even you know been a special guest on gay shows. So it doesn't you know, it doesn't matter so uh, when the owner of the Laugh Factory approached me, he's like, hey, have you ever thought of doing your own night? And I was like, mm, not really. But if I did something, I wanted to do something to kind of make a difference. And it's funny, people didn't realize that there was a void until I created this show. And it's just a very simple oh, concept. You just put up people who are funny, and I purposely make sure the lineup is mixed. And the audience reflects that. You know, uh, uh, There was oh. a comic who went up and was great. He comes up on stage and he looks around and goes, wow. A group of people that would never hang out together, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> and that's great. and that's awesome because right. I think now the climate in our country, people think, you know, we're so separate. Why not, yeah. you know, have a show where it just brings everybody together? Because
0: no I, better bonding experience in music and comedy, comedy right? Absolutely, right. and right. I, and
5: laughter is universal. No matter what race you are, I mean, funny is funny, and um, it's it's nice to get people in a room that probably would never hang out together and laugh together and that can bring understanding and healing and then you know maybe there's uh, some black customers who only go to black shows and they see a white comedian and go man this guy is hilarious which I've had people come up to yeah. me like dude I've never heard seen that white guy ever like yo this guy is great and people are discovering people that they've never seen before because they've always stayed in their own you know
0: bubble. Why, bubble why do you think that is music we're diverse we'll listen to any it doesn't matter if it's good it's good mm-hmm. it yeah. doesn't matter what the color or or well, quality think, of the of i the think with is.
5: music music has a greater opportunity to reach the masses because of radio and everything else mm-hmm. but i think you know even musically it starts off as a thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it at one point it was considered like black music and then other people got involved was like hey this is great and everybody people
0: do you mean white people yeah
5: <laughs> but but it's <laughs> but it's the same it's, <laughs> but it's it's the, it's the same in reverse where you know if you just grew up listening to R&B or hip hop or whatever i'm like hip hop is universal like you can't say hip hop is a is a rap is just a black thing now most of the artists are black but everybody listens to it even now you have you know rock bands or whatever you know human like we're all human you know and i think sometimes we might have our preferences but until you get a chance to you know experience the other side or the other point of view you're missing out on stuff you know and i think you know doing this comedy show has been great i'm sorry go ahead
1: there's only two kinds of comedians that i won't go watch Mm
5: mm-hmm Black well, and Asian.
2: <laughs> it's
1: not. It's not
2: funny. And God forbid they're um, gay on top of it.
1: <laughs> I, I will not go watch unfunny comedians. Yes. Because <laughs> they're so painful, <laughs> you can't stand suck. it. It is very and painful. And I also don't like people that uh, do the. That, that just all stems from anger.
5: Yes, I agree.
1: That does that nothing for me. It's yeah, like, just yeah, screaming yeah, swear yeah,
2: words for an hour. Yeah, yeah. just
1: you know, they're they're so mad because they're. Ex-girlfriend did this and so, you know, all women suck or mm-hmm. whatever their shtick is. I just don't like it. Uh, but, I mean, my, I just, my comedy is... Otherwise, it's all good.
5: Yeah. Well, I you know, this might sound corny, but I really think like when you pull back all the layers, my comedy comes from love. Now, did it stem from pain earlier in my life or things that I've experienced, but I've learned to overcome them. So I present them to the audience like these are the situations. These are the funny situations that I can laugh at mm-hmm. now that might have been painful sure. earlier. And I think when people come to a comedy show, they want to laugh. They want relief from their day-to-day activities or whatever they're going through. So when someone can look at you and go, oh, wow. He went through that too, and he seems okay, or he can make me forget about whatever I'm going through for a certain amount of time. Yeah. You know, that's uh, yeah. that's why they say comedy is healing, and that's why I enjoy doing it because you feel like you do make a difference. Do you
1: think part of the segregation. I yeah, don't want to leave feeling worse. Yes,
5: right. exactly.
0: Do you think some of the part of uh, the segregation of fandom is that they feel, you know, as a white guy, do I want to go hear a black comedian? Be- I can't really relate to what the plight is I or think, whatever. Yeah, and I then they're he, like, if I laugh. Am I the outsider because I shouldn't be laughing as hard as I just did?
5: Yeah, well, I think a lot of times, you know, people just think they won't be able to relate. And I think the thing (laughs) you you find as you get older and experience life that we have more in common than what separates us. And when you come to a show like and you're not. And I think a lot of times as a black man or some of my black friends. When we've had these conversations, they go to certain comedy shows. They don't feel like their experiences are being reflected. Like the the comedian isn't talking about things that they could actually relate to.
0: Which is weird, right? Because if you look at what we've got here, Mm -hmm. some of the biggest comedians in the world, I mean like arena filling comedians, Bill Cosby, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, (laughs) Kevin Hart. (laughs) Right, Kevin Hart, but I'm just saying, you know, even back in the day when things were a lot more Yeah, they packed arenas. Man, that was a different venue. That was something to do. You bam, you're filling up like this. And for people now to say, I don't know if I can relate, they're telling the same stories. They were telling where they were growing up, how they grew up, what they were doing, if they were poor, if they were rich, if they were middle class. You know, there was all of that. I, I, I'm just, I don't understand where these weird division walls are coming from nowadays. Well, I
5: think, you know, I think as comedy evolved, you know being able to have access to it on TV. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, as I was growing up in in the 80s and the 90s, like you would see, you know, Evening at the Improv and VH1 Half Hour Comedy Hour and MTV, you know, stand-up or or whatever it was. I think, you know, people at that time, you know, comedy kind of switched because you had your big stars that everybody knew, and then they were breaking new comedians that people had never heard of. And then when Def Jam came along in the 90s, I think... It just blew everything wide open because no one had ever seen that, even though prior existed before mm-hmm. it was just a different like young rebellious it was like the beginning of probably rap music, you know what I mean, but in the the comedic version of it, and maybe somewhere that began began the disconnect where you know it was specifically catered you know deaf comedy jam was for hey, hear our voice, this is something for right. us type thing so I mean, I don't have the answer to the question, I just know in my experiences of 20 years doing stand-up, you know, you have these shows where it's like, you know, four white guys and a black guy, or four white guys and a Latino guy, four white guys and an Asian guy, and they would call those shows diverse. But if it's four black guys and a white guy, it's a black show, (laughs) you know? If it's four black guys and a Latino guy, it's a black show. And you just started seeing that sprouting up, and then if you look around the country, you know, urban night at a lot of clubs are the biggest night at the club. Ask yourself why. Because they finally feel like, oh, this is something for us. So people come gotcha. out and they pack, they pack the place. Where I think that's great because a lot of audiences are underserved. Even with gay shows. Even with gay comedians. I've had con- conversation with gay comedians and they kind of do their own. There's a whole gay circuit. Sure. That people don't, the average person doesn't know about. But they should be allowed to work the mainstream club and work with everybody else also. So when I created the night, I just invited everybody, you know, whoever is funny, because I know all the comics. So I'll have a black comic, a Latino comic, a white comic, a gay comic, an alternative comic. I host it, pack the audiences in. Well, what's and an alternative a,
0: comic,
5: comic? Alternative. The People try to call Patton Oswald an alternative comic. Um, oh, but kind it's of just, more
0: the linguistic heady, yes, conversational I- exactly. comedian as opposed to just the kind of laugh along. I- exactly. All right.
5: Um, well, he calls himself a hipster comic.
0: Com- yeah, yeah, I can see that.
5: So there's, JV's I can't disagree. But that, yeah. uh, but you know, it was interesting. And there's been a little <laughs> over the years, a little not, uh, uh, you know, s- stones being thrown from side to side, like. Right. You know, alternative comic means not funny comic. You know what I mean? And it is, people just have their different styles and people want to create environments where they can feel creative and appreciate it. So I don't see that there's anything wrong with that. If there's an audience and a market for it, great. But at the same time, if you're a comedian, you're a comedian and the art form is pretty basic. And when I started... You know i just want to make everybody laugh no matter what race no matter where you're from and i've been blessed enough to travel all over the world and perform in china and africa in different places and you really learn very quickly man that comedy is universal you know, to, to be doing a show in Hong Kong and then you say a joke and then you see somebody whispering to somebody else translating the joke and then them <laughs> laughing, you know, two minutes later.
0: I was going to say, that's got to be a bit of a disconnect, right? <laughs>
5: yeah, and the first time I'm going, what are you saying? And they're like, oh, she don't speak English. I'm, you know, like I'm translating <laughs> for her. <laughs> And it's just, it's, and people are so appreciative. Like, comedy is sweeping the world. You know, it acts like Russell Peters, um, famous comedian from uh, Canada, who's one of my best friends who I've toured the world with. I mean, here's a guy who fills up arenas all over the world. I mean, you, you know, from the mid, all through the Middle East and India and wow. China and Singapore. Like, we show up to Singapore and do, you know, 18,000 people in Singapore.
0: But part of what comedy is so amazing is, right, you're, you're, you're relatable. Yes. You've got this going. But when you go to a foreign culture mm-hmm. and, a, and and you're putting yourself into that, is it weird? Because do you find that, you know, it may not be the exact same thing, but there's still that relatable thread, and that's what keeps people together in the comics?
5: Yeah. Well, for me, when I, um like, a lot of comedians who've gone up there, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a pioneer, but there was only a few comics that were doing a lot of the international stuff. <clears throat> and when I started doing it, in um, another layer of it is doing like going to China as a black man. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd go to these places and people go, do people understand you, do they get you?" And like, yeah. I just don't say stuff like Walmart or Target or oh, places right. that are very mm-hmm. branded s- to branded America, to, right. to America. Even though with the internet, they probably still know what it is anyway. But I think the reason why my comedy translates because I talk about my life a lot and my story is a human story, and we're all human beings. So you can take a piece of that. Right. You so know,
0: dating, married, kids, exactly, or family just, that that all translates no matter where you are.
5: And the, the fact that my parents are from from Haiti so I had immigrant parents and know what it feels like to be an outcast I think no matter where you are in life wherever you're from people know what it feels like not to feel like you belong so that's kind of a whether you were you know a nerd in high school or whether your parents were from another country or whether you you know weren't a good athlete and may, got made fun of whatever the situation is why'd you look
0: me in the eyes when you, said that?
5: <laughs> you know those are stories I think that resonate you know, anywhere. Right. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to love. Everybody has kids. Every, you know, are once kids. Or, under, or people have grandparents or fathers or mothers. Like, those are human <laughs> human Conditions, conditions. right? It's part of our condition. Exactly. Yeah. So um, those are the things that I talk about so it translates very well. I mean, to even do comedy in, in, in Thailand or Jakarta in Indonesia. Like, these places, when you show up, you're terrified. Like, no way. That these people are going to laugh at me and right. get this, and they and they do.
0: Does that make you step up your game then? When you feel like I'm going to really have to work hard for this, do absolutely. you think that's what brings out the best in them too?
5: Yeah, because I think uh, it's absolutely made me a better comic. You know, because you have a certain, you know, you know you have a job to do. You're, right. you're terrified. You've never been to these places. And in and,
0: America, you can kind of almost sleepwalk through your set, right? Because you've done it and said it so often. Exactly.
5: Like I can go certain places and I know you have an idea i could i could look behind the curtain and see the audience and kind of have a you know an idea of what i what what i what i'm going to do but the more that i've done it i really have honed in on hey man i'm just a human being i'm going to tell you the story from my perspective and i'm sure somebody in the audience is going to be able to relate no matter what race no matter what color no matter where they're from
0: do you see where you'll drop a joke in Los Angeles and drop that exact same joke in Minnesota and there's two totally different responses to the way it's yes. it's taken.
5: Yes, but I, I like I have a chunk I haven't done it yet this week where I do talk about being from LA. And then like some like a comedian came up to me he was like, "It's weird like when you first started doing that joke, I looked at it as a local joke and then he saw me out of state and he goes, "You did the joke out of state and it still killed." And I go, "Yeah because I explained the situation." Right. You know, that's one thing that was great about prior. You know, when we're t- when you're talking about the comedians right. back in the day, I think another reason why everyone gravitated to it they didn't live they didn't live Richard Pryor's experiences maybe some of these middle class white suburban people that came to see him but it was like watching a movie because he painted the picture so vivid everyone could follow along with it and relate to it on some level and laugh like you're hearing somebody's story so I think a lot of the credit goes to also the comedian being able to deliver you know the material or the message to the audience where they can really you know, And sometimes it's, it's it.
0: finding that humor in the awkwardness of life, no matter what race or, or belief yeah. system you have. Exactly. exactly. Great stuff. Uh, Ruben Paul's in studio with us for the remainder of this hour. You can see him live at House of Comedy tonight at 7.30 and 9.30. Tomorrow, 7 and 9 p.m. And again, on Sunday, they've got a 7 p.m. show. Are tickets available across the board, or are you filling up pretty quickly here? Um, do I have to know anybody's Se- secret don't... words?
5: Well, I know a Saturday knock? is is getting get pretty crazy. Now.
0: Get your tickets now; <laughs> they're yeah, moving the quick, especially now. on Saturday nights and and uh, tonight. That's going to be a popping one, especially coming off the Valentine middle of the week. People are going to be looking for something fun to do. Absol- yeah, get D- your stuff out there,
5: definitely, man. House
0: of Comedy. We'll be back. We've got more coming your way here on the Tom Bernard Show.
4: Just like all of you, I had been hearing about My Pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first My Pillow and I love it. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM.
3: This
0: is the Tom Bernard Show. Sitting in for Tom, I'm Dave Schrader. Tom will be back Monday in studio with me. Ruben Paul. Yeah, we think. If not, I'll be back here Monday. <laughs> Songs are keeping chained up in the basement. And, uh,
1: oh, yes.
0: Head up on, on Benadryl. You know, Catherine, you brought up an interesting point with the angry comic realm. And, and I was wondering mm. where that weird division line came from. And off air, I was talking with Ruben. I, I said, I wonder if, you know, comedy went from just being relatable you know we all have this happen in our life or we can all you know whether it's happened to us it's happened to somebody we love to all of a sudden there was this this spate of angry comedy in every race Mm -hmm. right and across the board and i wonder if people started yeah i can't really relate to this angry plight of of the blacks or the asians or this or that so they just kind of started sticking to their seinfelds or whatever made them comfortable in that Mm -hmm. and i wonder if that might be more of where that weird separate i
5: mean i mean she brought up a good point i mean I can't really pinpoint that because, you know, being inside of it as a comedian, um, I have the ability to look at comedy as just comedy and understanding that there's different styles. But I do understand that, you know, there was a time where comedians were just angry and not really funny. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think at the end of the day, you know, it's okay to be angry and to be angry about something, but when you're delivering it to the public, it should still be funny. you know, it shouldn't be right. just a lecture. Uh, the type of comedy I do, I I, I want to make people laugh first and foremost, mm-hmm. and then make them think a little bit. You know, and yeah,
3: who's got time for thinking?
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but I like I like all types of comedy. I like silly comedy, slapstick comedy, sure. one liners, like comedy that doesn't make you think. That's all fine and dandy, but I think comedy is such a um a great environment to be able to get people to think and look at things differently while laughing and i think right. we need more laughter in this world because i agree sometimes people are so Amen. angry and wound tight simply because they haven't gone outside their bubble you know and really oh. experienced or, or really listened and really saw a different perspective because everyone is so Defensive people want to defend their their point of view or their stance before they'll actually listen and to make people laugh and make a point um, I think is great and I'm the comedian after the show where people want to have Conversations, you know, which is great. I don't have time to talk to everyone all the time But like hey, I like the message, you know, you had to bring because even though it sounds corny I How I was raised how my parents raised me is you judge people from the inside out, right? And it's about me trying I try to bring people together to see how, how much we really have in common as, as human beings. And we need to laugh together. If we can laugh together, we can live together. If we can live together, we can love each other.
0: When Talking about the diversification, too, I've, I've been curious. You, you see them, uh, Hollywood especially, is trying to... Over diversify in some senses, where I feel like instead of creating a really great new vehicle, yeah, right for Cedric the Entertainer, let's put him in the lead role as Ralph Cramden in the remake of the Honeymooners. And to me, that kind of felt like, couldn't we just create a well, really good movie around Cedric? I, exactly.
1: I, I think the problem is, is that they're trying to force. diversity Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's just like okay you know it's like let it happen yeah it's like somebody's got a gun uh am i supposed to do i respect the man or do i respect the gun Mm -hmm. you know the possibility of getting hurt it's like forcing someone to feel uh, a certain way about any sort of culture like you said unless unless you have a common thread and unless you can not be afraid of each other yes and not feel threatened by each other you're never going to get over and your prejudices yeah
5: and I, I agree with that instead of but t- the short answer to your question is lack of creativity right now it's easier for somebody to take a story of the honeymooners and hey let's take the honeymooners and put black people in it right well there's and I can tell you this firsthand there's thousands of great well let mean I say great but there's thousands of, of black writers out there mm-hmm. and there's really really great writers who tell great stories that are from a black point of view but can be relatable to everybody but you have to have the people making the decisions have to be open and understand that these stories are universal it's just told from a black perspective right a, a human perspective like you know that's the thing if like this is quote-unquote black history month now i'm not one of these people that hates black history month but i celebrate american history and black history is american history right. like it's it's it shouldn't all,
0: have to be a compartmentalized it, it, moment exactly
5: in but i understand why they do it right. in theory and i get it i get i understand why they have to have black award shows and this this and that because a lot of times the the people in charge don't recognize the value of other perspectives so but you then have you to see do the big swing thing.
0: like the uh, academy awards what was it two three years ago there was yeah. absolutely no black representation mm-hmm. then the next year it was over black, and not, not that I'm p- picking on that aspect, but it was like, oh, let's just put all of them in now. Right? Yeah. And, and it yeah. just seemed like, again, that was the forcing it. Instead of just, you know, if you've got a good talent, let's let's look at that and put it in and stop worrying about what color the, the director or the producer is
5: Absolutely. and create it. But I, I think the problem is let's take race out of it. right? That's just like a group of men deciding every issue for women. Mm-hmm. And you never have a woman's perspective. What do you, what do you think that's going to look like? You know what I mean that's why women are are pushing back because well, yeah you know yeah, it's I you can't understand. you know what I mean like you can't have you in, when when people are making decisions for society the society should be represented right in the decision-making so when you have people that can't relate to a certain culture or, or gender or demographic the values are gonna be skewed into what people know as their truth or their experiences are so when you're voting for the Academy Awards or whatever award show, you need representation from everybody in there, you know. Yeah, and I think the dog agrees with me. I agree. You tell him, That's my dog right there. That's right. Well, he is a bloodhound,
0: I guess. What's the? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting too, as you look at shows. Um, and you had a show talking about the angry kind of culture and all that you had a show like all in the family yes which was I mean your your main protagonist of the show is a racist pinhead yeah throughout the end but every culture loved the show they loved kind of that insight into that weird world right yeah you even got Sammy Davis Jr. asking I got to be on the show I love the show but, and and trying to represent that deal and then you get the spin-off of the Jeffersons which was loved by all races absolutely and everything, right but, but then you get everybody hates Chris. It's a black show or yeah. girlfriends. Why is that? And that to me is a weird breakthrough, too. Well,
5: I, I, again, I think it goes back to you know, even though we, we all have a lot in common, there are differences culturally. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think you take a show like All in the Family, the reason why it resonated with everyone is because you know, you had diversity in the cast, and then you had, you know, Norman Lear was brilliant. The fact that, yeah, you had Archie Bunker, but then you had, he bumped heads with, you know, George Jefferson's character. Right. You know what I mean? Who gave another strong perspective also. And that was... Attractive to black people to see a black man standing up for himself, you know against the racist white guy and the, the naivete of Archie Bunker And I think it played a role because you know white American can look at him and go well, I'm not like that, but I know somebody like that and then you know, right. you know So it was one of those things that I think people could find something to relate to but when you have something Like a girlfriends or this and that, you know, I think when you look at the landscape of television most you know other a lot of ethnicities aren't represented Mm -hmm. so sometimes you need a show that's just tells our stories right and it's not that these stories are just for black people but to me if i was white i'd go you know what let me check this out and see if I can learn a little something. You know, get some insight to...
0: There you go with that learning stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
5: you know, I mean, that's my opinion on right. it. Is there any absolute answer for for your question? No, but I, I just think whatever it is, like some people just like jazz music. Right. And don't like other types of music because that's just their taste and that's, that's their preference. It's not saying you can't appreciate it and know that it's good, but that's not really my thing. So I think some people you need... You know, you need your own entertainment sometimes, which is fine. It doesn't mean that you're you're racist because you want to watch a show that represents what you look like, especially if you come up in a society where every show you saw was dominated by all white people. Like, hmm. Oh, wow. That's why the Cosby show was such a big hit, because it showed black people in a different light that people didn't think existed. But a lot of black people knew these people existed. Wow. There's black lawyers and doctors out there. Wow. That have kids that go to college. Wow, had no idea that existed. Uh, Yeah, that's reality for a lot of black people in America. (laughs) Not all of us, but it's just got to give a different perspective sometimes instead of the same old stereotypical down on your luck and the white man's holding me down and you know all this other thing which is true but there's also the flip side too where there's a lot of black people doing very well and their kids are educated and they're not out committing crimes and the parents are worried about them being out late and they're worried about their kids getting robbed or killed or shot just like any other family in america you know so Sometimes those stories need to be told so people can see, you know, uh, get some insight into other communities and other cultures. And I think that's why he had shows like Fresh Off the Boat on ABC mm-hmm. and all these things just to show like, hey, wow, they eat dinner as a family, too? Wow. I didn't know <laughs> that. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's so uh, I don't want to cut. It's just so weird, man. When you see things and people believe these things and like, wow, oh, I had no idea. Really? but Harvard? T-
3: the net, <laughs> the network programmers are also looking at what's profitable too. Yeah,
0: true. Yeah. You know, oh that's yeah, that's true. the other thing.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and they got to throw that. You know, they throw that into the into their thinking when they huh, we we need to put that type show on because we think it'll generate some money and
5: mm-hmm. some
0: eyeballs and whatnot and bring them to the network. So,
5: but you know, you and us, it was interesting. I thro- I uh, had this conversation with a producer. If you notice uh, daytime television, you notice a lot of the game shows are the hosts and stuff are, are black from Steve Harvey to Wayne Brady to uh, Sherry Shepard had a show. Like all these black people started turning up on all these game shows in the morning. Why do you think that is? Because <laughs> they figured out there's a lot of black people that are unemployed. Mm-hmm. They're, at a, they're at home.
0: Oh, interesting. Are
5: there, you know cleaning homes or whatever. I'm glad
3: you said it. You know,
5: (laughs) so they wanted to put a face, you know, they wanted to put a face on there and that's part of the reason why they started doing that. So there is a lot of thought into it, but you know, the flip side of your question, yeah, they could sit up there and go, this is what marketable and this is what sells, but it's already been proven, even though that we're a small percentage of the population, we spend a lot of money on frivolous entertainment. Yeah. So they should be catering more to our communities because we 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 spend that money you know right (laughs) we we really do like there's not a lot of investment in portfolios and (laughs) and and buying property (laughs) and you know all the stuff you guys get to spend your money on you (laughs) You people i got a white man i got 11 kids i don't (laughs) spend money on anything (laughs) i'm just messing with you (laughs) but you know that's the point you know what i mean so You can't discount. That's why when certain things happen, you know, the communities are around and go, just stop spending money. And then when you hurt their pocketbooks, then they'll see the value of your dollar. You know, a lot of times we don't spend money in our own communities like we should, because sometimes you're just not going to get the same treatment that you would outside of it. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to get too... Uh... No,
0: I, you know, I like... The, when you can have a comedian, doesn't feel like he has to be on the entire time. And, yeah. Hey, how about them bears, you know, yeah. and, and cutting up. I, I'd prefer to hear your intellect in this to know that the comedy is well thought out. So when people come see the show... Absolutely. They're going to get something that's open to everybody and accessible. It's not just this experience. It's your experience as a human. As a human. Right, so that, come on out and enjoy the thank show. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That,
5: and that's really what it is. And what's awesome is, man, I have great friends from all races and we have these conversations and it influences my comedy because when you sit and talk to somebody, you go, wow, dude, I never thought that. And then they said the same thing to me. It's like, Ruben, I would have never thought about that until you say it. So when you have these honest, real conversations, I think it's a blessing that I'm able to absorb all this and then take it on stage and be able to share it with an audience and then have, you know, people really relate to it no matter what their race is or where they're from. You know, it's a universal thing and it's just about, Learning and understanding one another, and I think that's when ultimately you know racism will start to take a back seat when we really have you know honest conversations and really get a chance and listen not just you know have people talk and hearing but mm-hmm. as- actually listening,
0: right? You becoming know? part of the conversation right. exactly. instead of feeling like they're being preached at from exactly. any side,
5: exactly. Yes.
0: Ruben Paul, good guy. Check out his website, too. What's the website if people want to check you out? Is um, it just straight RubenPaul.com? It's
5: RubenPaul.com. I need to update it, but most of my stuff is on uh, social media. Uh,
0: it, I did notice your vlog. It was like, hey, New Year's 2012 <laughs> just passed. I'm like, we might need to update yeah, that, Yeah, I Ruben. need to update
5: that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, with social media, kind of, you know, more people go to right. Facebook and Instagram. So How do they
0: catch you on Twitter and, and yeah, Instagram? And everything
5: is uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Is I am Ruben Paul, and Ruben is R U B E N P A U L. And then on Facebook, it's just uh, Ruben Paul. Ruben Paul. House
0: of Comedy, tonight, 7.30 and 9.30, Saturday, 7 and 9, Sunday, 7 o'clock. Ruben, thank you for the uh, great conversation. Nice to you in. It
5: was great to be here. It was great talking to all you guys again. Stay tuned. we got a lot more coming your way. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is The Tom Bernard Show.